forties were, were real, real neat. Um, of course, 1945, the first civilian Jeep came out, 1946 when they started mass producing them, and then the aftermarket world exploded, and um, that's really? when they... That's oh interesting. I, I, I didn't know, did not know the aftermarket uh, world exploded way back then. That, that seems like that would be a huge thing. Um, probably so, the first aftermarket, I, I would think. Yeah, so, yeah, so 1946, uh, we, we actually own one. They made 12 of them right out of the uh the willies overland um um manufacturing place there in toledo which i've, I've been to actually have a brick from the original willies overland um, place the the aftermarket tops had exploded already by mid-1946 so uh, willies had a engineer by the last name of warman Hey, did you know that you can advertise on the Jeep Talk Show? Well, sure you can. All you have to do is go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways that you can contact us to speak to us about it. You know, I like to say it's not affordable. It's just damn right uh, cheap. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we put the fun in off-road fun. This is the only show where you can hear Jeep owners talk about things like mud, rocks, and giant tires, and not get weird looks. So strap in, strap on, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you'll have the sudden urge to go out and buy a Jeep and hit the trails. Don't say we didn't warn you. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about news history, and then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, somebody's uh, 81 Scrambler. Uh, and, and I think a few, a few of you out there can guess who that is. And in our Gladiator update, we're going to be talking about the Motobilt skid system, and this is going to be kind of cool because we speak with Bender, uh, the Motobilt uh, employee of the month, so to speak. He, he certainly is one of the main people there at uh, Motobilt putting things together, and uh, he's giving us the, the lowdown on the Motobilt skid system tonight. And must have for your Jeep. Uh, and, you know, you just got to do this because you get the kids started early. The Jeep Sport All-Terrain Buggy. You can carry two kids. I mean, up to 110 pounds in this thing. It's uh, You know, it might be good just for uh, if you put a liner in it. You can probably put uh, drinks and beers in there. Amen. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Are you Chuck? Yeah, the one and only. <laughs> I'm Chuck. Come on, let's do it together. I'm Chuck. <laughs> I'm it's Chuck. Been, it's been a while. I understand where you forgot all about this. Where have you been all my life, Tony? <laughs> I'm, I miss you so much, man. This is a cool week. We had uh, Josh uh, in on our uh, Tuesday episode, and now we've got uh, Chuck coming in on our Thursday episode. Uh, so, uh, Chuck, I'm glad you made time for us because I know you've been extremely busy and uh, people have been asking about you. When's, when's Chuck coming back? Where are we going to hear Chuck? Uh, well, you got to one up one another. Right. So Josh and I were always, <laughs> and, we're always trying to one up one another. And, like, and this has nothing to do with Josh being on. It's just the way yeah. it worked out. I just uh, said, well, yeah. let me let me try uh, let me try seeing if uh, if Chuck's available today. And you were. So here we go. So yeah. Chuck, you know how uh, people love the old Jeeps, and uh, we have a little bit of Jeep history to talk about tonight. Yeah. Now, of course, the the Jeep started in the 1940s. And of course, it was mm-hmm. the catalyst. There was uh, World War II, I believe. Uh, well, um, 
actually in about 1939, uh, the War Department put a request out to uh, all the auto manufacturers of the time. And there was a lot of little ones. And of course, you had the big three and uh, had a bunch of restraints and a bunch of crap and uh, said, hey, we need a uh, four-wheel drive rig, which was incredibly new at the time. There was no really four-wheel drive thingy. So uh, three people did it. So three three companies. Um, of course, we all know Bantam, which is, uh, the, they were the ones that actually created the very first Jeep. Uh, you have a picture of it here. This is actually called the Bantam BRC. And uh, Ford threw their hat in, but uh, Henry Ford really didn't give a shit because they were huge, but he was a business guy, so he did it. And another um, kind of a cool company, they used to, uh, the Willys, a lot of people call it Willis, Willys, I don't know, you know, tomato, tomato. Uh, they made the Whippet uh, pre-World War II, so uh, they were not as bad as the Bantam. Uh, Bantam actually was a failing company, very, very small failing company. They had just a handful of engineers and stuff, and they really, really needed it. Um, so, about 1940, they actually, uh, 1939, early 1940, they all came together and uh, did their thing, and nobody passed. <laughs> the, actually, the... Well, of course. The, <laughs> the War Department said, yeah, the War Department said, you're, you're all overweight. You have all these restraints. You're too tall, too wide, too long, too fat, too skinny, too cold, too, you know, too hot. And uh, then they said, actually, um, we're going to award Willie's the contract but they have to make the bantam jeep as we know it called today it was not called a jeep then and uh, that was like a kick in the pants to bantam because bantam's like dude we're about to fail and war department says i don't i don't give a shit <laughs> and the only and the only reason that willie's got it was the go devil four cylinder which was based off of the 9n ford tractor motor which is kind of funny yeah, so is. willie's got it yeah and, and ford didn't give a shit ford was like we don't care we we're just having fun so willie's got it and uh bantam ended up fighting and then got awarded all of the extracurriculars and uh that's why it's where you come up with the trailers and all the gizmo gadgets that go behind the jeep and um uh, they actually started producing them in 1941 Everyone thinks that uh, earliest Jeep is 1942. That is not true. 1941 is the earliest, and it was actually called the um, MB Slat Grill. And I, I actually own one. I uh, found one in in the uh, uh, out in the Bay of California. So uh, I have one here that we uh, we don't take out very very often. It's a December, late December 1941, and um, about 1942, in the beginning, that's when we, of course, entered the war, and um, Willys couldn't keep up. So the War Department went to Henry Ford, or Henry Ford went to the War Department. No one really knows who went to who. I'm thinking it's probably the latter, because Henry Ford was a pretty smart, smart guy. And they started making the GPW, which is where maybe a lot of people think the GPW, the GP, that's where the Jeep came from. Um, who knows? It's a wives' tale at this point. And about midway through 1942, it's kind of funny, the War Department went to both Willys and Ford and said, you guys need to knock this shit off because <laughs> Willys was pissed off. And Ford laughed. 
So like mine, because it's 1941, it actually has stamped Willie's stuff everywhere. In the early 1942s, Ford had their shit stamped everywhere. And the War Department said, you boys knock it off. Like, just stop. So, of course, Willie's being the good company that they are, did. And Henry Ford, being the good businessman he is, gave him a giant middle finger and just put the Ford F script on everything. Ah, interesting. And that's where you can... So, I actually... I have a, a 1943 Ford, and uh, you can go through it all, and it does have the F script in a lot of places. And on my Willie's, my MB... Like the the steering column and the, the the bracketry for all of that actually had the the Ford font on it, which is everything's interchangeable. Of course, they have to be, right? It's like the AR of the Jeep world, the old flat fenders, right? I mean, you can interchange everything. And like my son's, uh, my son's got a 1946, which is of course the civilian uh, model CJ2A. Oh, that's and the one has, that he brought out to uh, last year's. Uh, uh, the 2022, yep. I guess, Jeep Talk Show event, and and took it uh, wheeling. Yep, he actually has a military motor with the early 1942 Ford head on it, and it actually has the F script on it, and all of all of that kind of stuff. It's kind of cool, but it's in a civilian Jeep. Everything's interchangeable. So the 40s were were real real neat. Um, of course, 1945 for civilian Jeep came out. 1946 when they started mass producing them and then the aftermarket world exploded and um that's really that's interesting i i I didn't know did not know the aftermarket uh, world exploded way back then that that seems like that would be a huge thing um probably the first aftermarket i I would think yeah so yeah so 1946 uh we we actually own one they made 12 of them right out of the uh the willies overland um um, manufacturing place there in Toledo, which I've, I've been to actually have a brick from the original Willie's Overland um, place. The, the aftermarket tops had exploded already by mid-1946. So uh, Willie's had an engineer by the last name of Warman that uh, they said, hey, just make some prototypes of hard tops for these uh, CJ2As. And they actually took the flip-down windshield that Jeep is iconic for. You know, all Jeeps, you can flip down the windshield. Easier to shoot and they actually, while you're driving that way. <laughs> especially <laughs> as a civilian. Amen. <laughs> Bonnie and uh, So, So they actually took that out. This Warman guy, he, he took that off and made a hard mount windshield and a, a half top. And it's all bolted down. And you, you can't, you, I mean, you, of course, can take it off, but... To take it off is very difficult. It would be like taking off the cab of one of my pickup trucks. You know, it's just why the hell would you do that? Mm-hmm. And they made twelve of them. Uh, there's known right now four of them uh, still in existence. And if you think about it, I mean, it's 1946. The civilian Jeep just hit the market. You know, it's less than nine months old, and they're already competing with each other on aftermarket crap. And the the farm implements that went on the back of these things. I mean, there's welders and wood saws and generators and backhoes and ditch witches and you know hydraulic stuff to run your run your discs and plows and i mean you name it there was if you can spray rigs that you have big arms that would fold out and you drive up and down your field and you know spray your mm-hmm. you know your dbt and everything back then and um it's just cool because if you remember that you know 
Like, of course, you don't, we don't remember we weren't there, but if you do your history, you know, 1946 through 1950, you know, there was no subdivisions yet. You either were in the inner city or you were a country boy. So they really were selling to the farmer, the kid that just come back from the war. He's now back at the farm. You know, everyone's got, you, you know, something wrong with them you know, mentally because of World War II. And they all wanted to get back into the Jeep, which is this cool ass thing. You know, it, it replaced the horse. And so they started selling it to all the farm kids. And really, that's where where Willie's exploded. So, is they, so do you think that it was water, World War II that created the whole thing with Jeep? Or was it that this the, no type of vehicle like this had ever been created before? Or do you think it was a mix of, uh, of both those things? No, I, I mean, it's one of the famous quotes. I don't know who, who quote it, but, it, you know, the, the American Jeep, it's the... It's who won the war, right? And, I, and World War One. I, I mean, there were such, there had so many hard times moving, you know, um, moving troops up and down, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and in World War Two, that wasn't that wasn't a problem. I mean, they were they were able to move so fast because of the small, you know, World War Two Jeep, the the Willys, the the MB or the um, GPW. That is what made World War II. When America came into the war, because, of course, World War II had been going on, you know, for multiple years before 1942, of course. So when we hit the, 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 the field, so to speak, I mean, because of the Jeep, the war was over in three years. And it had been going on much longer than that. So I, I firmly believe it's the MB and the GPW that won the war and the war is what made the Jeep so badass because when, you know, the soldiers came back, I mean, I would love to have an up armored Humvee, you know, because that's what we did when we did all of our reconnaissance. It was 1151 the up armored Humvee. It's a terrible vehicle when you actually think about it, but I have this huge connection with it because I spent so many missions in one of them. Well, these guys are the same thing. I mean, they, they wouldn't just go for the 12 months that I went for. I mean, they would go for years. So they have this huge connection with, you know, a vehicle that is just industrious, you know. So, hell yeah, they, they bought it. And actually, my 1941, it's a single owner. Uh, his son got it. But the story was from the son to me that when his dad got back from World War II, he couldn't afford a civilian Jeep because they were they were too expensive, but he can afford the military surplus. So he bought the oldest, most beat up 1941 flat fender <laughs> that he could. And in in the beginning, it was it was actually kind of funny. A little caveat here on my Jeep is you know, I get a phone call from a, a really good friend of mine, Wes. He lives in in Sacramento, California, and he goes, Hey bro, I, I got this coolest thing, and I I found this. 1941 you know willie's ford jeep and i said that's cool man i also have you know this dodge ford you know corvette and he just laughed he goes no man i'm serious and i was like there's no such thing as a ford willie's jeep like it's, it's it's not a thing he goes well whatever here's this guy's phone number call him so i did and the guy says yes i've got this 1941 you know blah 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 blah. i said send me some pictures he goes well i have <laughs> show picture. me some proof yeah. <laughs> and he sent me a picture of a seven slat grill flat fender 
and I called him and I go, hey man, I, this happens all the time. I, I hate to tell you, but um, that is a civilian Jeep, which is post-1946. I mean, even if it was made 1945, they just kind of say it's 1946. Um, if it's not a column shift, it's just a late model 1946 and on CJ2A, it's not that, it's not that impressive. And he goes, no, I'm telling you right now, California has it titled as a 1941 Ford Willys, you know, Jeep, GPW, or um, yeah, GPW. They actually had it as a GPW. And I said, well, it would have a different grill. And he goes, yeah, that really ugly one that just has the slats in it. My dad took it off and threw it in the weeds. Oh, no. Because he wanted a civilian Jeep, so he bought the military one and then went down and bought an aftermarket grill and put it on there. And I thought, I just told him, I said, sold. I said, I don't even know how much you want it, want for it. I says, I'll buy it. He goes, well, it's real rough. I go, you know, I'm thinking it doesn't fucking matter, dude. Uh -huh. yeah. Like you have a 1941. Like when I went to Toledo and actually got to watch the Gladiator getting built before it was even opened, I was sitting there with the, um, the um, chairman of Jeep. And he was like, oh, do you love our Jeep? You know, blah, blah, blah. It's a 1942. And my wife laughed at him and said, Chuck's got an earlier one. And the guy looked at me like, are you effing kidding? Like, yeah, dude, I'm a, I've been a Jeep guy now for, you know, 44 years. Like, I, I love him. But that's what's so cool about him is that, you know, this guy was a soldier. He came back, couldn't afford the civilian. So what did he do? He bought the military one and rocked it. And I'm like, the picture was of them hunting in this Freaking, you know, it's a museum piece, and they're out hunting deer in it in Sierra Nevadas. So let me just, just what it let me just make sure the grill that he put on there it wasn't an angry eye grill, right? Because those those are real popular these days. Yeah, it had the uh, <laughs> didn't have the angry eyes, but it had the what are those eyelashes? It had the eyelashes. <laughs> yeah, that were I saw, up. I yeah, saw one Sunday that had that pink eyelashes. <laughs> Actually, it's this it's the grill that we put on my son's Jeep. Because when we bought my son's CJ2A, the grill was busted, and he had, saw that one sitting on my wall. You know, I've got all the grills, right. you know, sitting on the wall. And he goes, Dad, I'm, I'm just going to take that. I'm like, well, so you know. did you get a, a 1941 grill to go back on this one? No. This is, this is how cool the story is. So th this gentleman, he says, you know, it's real rough, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I go, okay, you know what? Just... I'm going to buy it. You know, tell me what you want for it. He goes, well, it's not worth that much. Give me 1200 bucks. <laughs> and I said, okay. So I, and, I called him. And he's click. And then the knock on the door five seconds later. <laughs> so I, I hung up with him and I called Chuck, my stepdad. And I says, hey, I need you to go down, get yourself a, um, a car dolly or something. You need to haul this Jeep for me. Go to West Sacramento. They live down in like the Galt, Elk Grove area. I said, just drive over there. It's a 30-minute drive. Get this damn thing. It's $1,200. And my dad's like, I don't have 1200 bucks. I'm like, I will fucking wire you the money. Like, go there now. Go right this second. He goes, ah, whatever, you know. And he just kind of blows it off. And I wire, you know, my mom and him the money or write him a check. I don't remember. And, you know, that's on a, we'll just say it's on a Monday or Tuesday. And I'm calling every day, every day. And he goes, son, I don't have time, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, you jack wagon. Like, you're going to let this thing go. And finally, on Saturday, I call him. And I'm, I'm angry at this point. And I'm like, get off of your lazy ass and go get this goddamn thing. And he goes, Chuck, I just, you know what? I, I said, did you, did you get, did you at least get the car dolly? He goes, no. 
And I go, where's the Jeep? He goes, it's sitting in the damn garage, son. <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, he drove it here. So he drove it 30 minutes from West Sacramento down to my mom and dad's place. And he put it in the garage. Oh, man. And in the back. Delivered. <laughs> delivered. $1,200, Willie's MB slat grill. Drove all original. In the back has the original block. Matching numbers block that his oh, dad nice. changed out because he wanted a civilian block. Well, it's the same goddamn thing. It doesn't matter. And the grill was in the back. Ah, of the tub. perfect. So I have an all original 1941 Willie's MB slat grill. Yeah. So uh, I, if I offered you I, 1250, would you deliver it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 50 bucks is 50 bucks, right? Yeah, amen. That is a amen. great story and amazing, too, because uh, your uh, your dad could have quite easily screwed that for you. <laughs> yeah, screwed that he could have been a pooch screwer. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, just get up your ass. I just couldn't believe it. You know, and I, I uh, when I was talking to the chairman of Jeep, I don't remember his, his name back then, and uh, he looked at me and he goes, you know, that's a $25,000 Jeep. Easy. And I go, yeah, yes, I do. And then my wife looks at me and she goes, you go and fight fires in the thing. And I'm like, yeah, yes, I do. Well, that's, okay. I mean, that's what you should do with a, with a Jeep, right? I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, you could, you could put it in a nice big showroom and uh, you may do that someday, but uh, right now it's a Jeep, get it out and use it. I mean, that's, that's really cool. I'd be a little scared doing it myself. I got to be honest. Uh, I look like a clown driving it, not because I am a clown and the listener can stop agreeing that I am. <laughs> Uh, it's just so damn small. Yeah. When I tell you it's, I mean, it's four feet tall with the windshield down. That's it. It's four feet tall. Nimble. Like get, think of that. Yeah. Get you in oh. and out. Yeah. It's pretty bitching. <clears throat> so in the fifties, there was a, a rise in the recreation, uh, style vehicles, uh, as well as an engineering superiority. Grassroots enthusiasts helped launch Jeep Jamborees and took the original Freedom Machine to new heights in sales thanks to seven unique models. Now, are, now I know you love the 40s. How about the 50s? Do you got any 50s Jeeps? Any good stories about the 50s Jeeps? Especially like the FC, uh, what was it? The FC 150? Which I'm, I just, th those things are just uh, really Forward neat. controls, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> forward controls are really cool. We've got a guy around here that actually uses them. Um, I have a 1953, 54. I've got uh, um, like a, it's called a Willie's High Hood. It's um, oh, I remember you talking about those being real. Everybody thinks they're ugly. Oh, they're the yeah, they're the redheaded stepchild of the Jeep world, and I love it. We call it the cow Jeep. It's just <laughs> so cool, you know, and ugly, and it has a different motor, hence the high hood in it, and um, that's actually in the fifties is uh, when the first CJ5 came out. So 1955 is the short fender CJ5. They actually changed the motor to an overhead cam. So it went from an L head to an F head. You went from 50 horse to a whopping 90 horse. And um, they they had made the high hood in between about three or four years. They had changed the hood pattern and the grill pattern of the flat fender. That's the only thing they really changed. And... Um, to accept this overhead cam. So instead of the flat head four, which is your cam is inside the block, now you actually have a head on top of the block 
and you can split them apart and work on them and it's all a whole different scenario but um i currently have the i think it's a 53 or 54 don't quote me i don't i don't know and i don't care uh my first jeep was a 1958 cj5 a gorgeous gorgeous jeep i bought it when i was mm, 17 18 years old maybe and um that's the iconic cj look that's where all the they it gave it kind of more of a civilian swoopy i'm going to the beach you know i'm gonna go and hang out you know maybe a little early for the beach boys but that kind of a vibe that mm-hmm. kind of a scene right. instead of yeah instead of a utilitarian i'm a farmer and just gruffy you know now i'm hip and cool and everything's everything's good and it's you know it's post or kind of right there in the korean war where the uh, m38a1 came out and um maybe i'm a little on early side on that but um yeah that's the short fender cj5 is just cool and uh, i how did the I, uh, the fifties jeeps compare to the forties jeeps? In your opinion, how much faster? Uh, much faster, much more comfortable. They went, they changed the the transfer case from a twin stick to a single stick. Uh, you went from a three speed um, that was really really small to a mid size. Like the gear ratio started changing. Um, you still can get five thirty eight gears, but you can also get a little taller gears, so you can go down the interstate more than forty five miles an hour, because <laughs> that's kind of a CJ the the, the CJ two A the the um, those flat fender style Jeeps like Josh's, you're doing forty five and you're that you're topping it out. Don't go up a hill, mm-hmm. you know. The CJs, you that well they fifties are a little early for the. Um, the Dauntless V6 that was in the 60s, but um, definitely that middle ground of no longer utilitarian, and you're not really race ready yet. It's that cool middle ground where there's just a lot of the engineers over at Willys were pretty bitching. Mm-hmm. They had they Sounds had their like shit it. together. So uh, that would bring us. I mean, you just mentioned about the '60s, and of course, that was a big explosion of uh, Jeeps that came out in the '60s. But we'll have to yeah. save that for a future episode. I'd All like right, to. Right, I'll be back. I'd like, yeah, I'll be great. Great information. The Jeep Talk Show. We talk to our Jeeps just in case they're transformers. I'd like to move over yeah. to uh, talking about your, uh, and I think this is the the newest Jeep that you have. Is this, is that correct? The the '81 Scrambler. Yeah, I broke down and started buying new stuff. So uh, I've got this 1981 piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, it's it's your your pride and joy, and uh, you actually have a, a nice uh, V8 in it, uh, and uh, it'll get up and go, or it used to be able to get up and go before you decided to tear it all apart. Yeah, I uh, I built this Jeep 100% backwards. It's like when you 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 get a project, so you paint it and then decide to put a motor in it. Uh, that's kind of what I did. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, um, well, it's your it's had, your Jeep I, and your project. You can do it whatever way you want to do it. I, and I do whatever the hell I want. And my wife shakes her head like, "Yeah, you're a fool." So I I did what I wanted to. I was always wanted a, a fuel injected V8. Uh, had a lot of just carbureted V8s. I've run the the 258 inline sixes you know all my life and i wanted a big powerful v8 so i i bought a a a 400 horse uh, chevy 350 because when i bought this scrambler i bought it for pennies on the dollar and it had a worn out 350 in it you know so i put a big pumped one in well you can't 
mount that to a, a three speed or I had a four speed in it, but um, can't mount that to that. So I, you know, traveled 12 hours to go get the um, new venture 4500, which is the, the badass four sp five speed with the granny low and then the oh, 0.73 nice. overdrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And man, it was well worth everything where well, you can't just put that to a dana 300 without the four to one so i did that and well you can't just put that to <laughs> regular old axles so i upgraded my axles to four tens and arbs and and the thing would just i mean it has a wheel stand i mean it's what gets the driver's side front tire off the ground or you know i'm 100 and what did jimmy say 120 to one or some ridiculous Gee, low range yes, that's nice and then i noticed my frame was ripping in half <laughs> And I, I wonder why <laughs> yeah so i i crawled underneath there one day and i was like this thing is swiss cheese this is awesome so uh i had just met you guys maybe six eight months prior so i went to the first jeep um hidden or the it was the second annual but it would be my first one yep the hidden falls deal jeep talk show jeep texas down there event. yep yeah, it's super. Had a blast. Uh, it, the Jeep just handled totally fine. I did everything, even that very last one where we went up and everyone had to go around, but I was the only one that made it up. <clears throat> it, <laughs> yeah, right. It didn't didn't quite make it up on that one. It's a fishing story. We understand how those things work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had uh, what John? What size tires did I have? Forty fours on there. Thirty sevens. I don't remember. Yeah, the joining but, up uh, with the Jeep Talk Show caused you to get bigger tires. I remember. I'll always remember that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My testicles shrunk and I got bigger tires, but <laughs> there I'm you go. happier. So, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then I got a wild hair up my ass because I didn't like what I was seeing. So uh, I bought some badass uh, handmade springs that um, yeah, Greg Henderson with uh, unofficial use only actually turned me on to. What a great guy that he is. That Greg, he's so uh, damn knowledgeable. Greg right? helps helps people spend money like uh, like the Jeep Talk yeah. Show likes to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I mean, he sure watched me drink a lot of beer when we were together, you know, <laughs> so, and he actually encouraged it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I put the springs underneath there and then I thought, Chuck, you just stop. You know, I'm a builder by trade and I watch people do stuff backwards all the time. And it's, uh, I had to take a little bit of my own medicine and just stop, 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 stop. And, uh, I had a brand new frame, um, new old stock out of California. So it's perfect. It's mm -hmm. actually within a 16th of Well, inch. correct me on this, but you actually found that you weren't getting the articulation from those, uh, Alcan, is that how you pronounce it? Correct. Uh, the Alcan yeah. springs, you weren't getting the, the flex that you anticipated getting. And then, That's right. and then that begat a whole problem that you had to solve. <laughs> yeah. I was like, these things are pieces of shit, Greg. And then I, I called the guy and he goes, oh, there's something wrong. You've got, you know, 13 inch, inches of travel on each wheel. You know, you, you have amazing amounts of travel. <laughs> and uh, so I, I'm sitting there just shaking my head and just, you know, you know, throw the Coors lights away and just actually start thinking and, <laughs> and, uh, Come to find out that, you know, there, we were having some issues with uh, body rubbing. So I had to kind of design, you know, a high fender setup for it, which is just turning out cool as hell and talk with Greg about it because he's the, he's the body guy, you know, and, and uh, he's given me some pointers. And then I realized that the frame is so bad that the springs were fighting each other. 
because nothing was square. They were all like a parallelogram and, you know, nothing, nothing was quite working right. So I just sat there. Uh, I think anybody that's ever built their Jeep or fabricated or worked on it, you know, sometimes you just sit in a lawn chair and drink a Coke and you stare at it for 45 minutes, an hour, three or four days. And, uh, it, I just had that epiphany that, mm-hmm. Well, you, sometimes you got to think about it so you can actually make a plan. You can't just uh, start cutting and welding uh, sometimes. Oh, shit. Although that's the fun yeah. part. Yeah, that's what I do. I just throw stuff at it and hope that it falls off and I can fix it later. Hey, it's been working well no, so I, far. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, uh, winter times, so this is usually our slow time. So last winter, I uh, uh, literally on a Saturday – just uh, took the torque wrench, or not the torque wrench, but the uh, air-powered ratchet dealy bob, and right. uh, I just yanked it apart, just stripped it. And uh, in about three or four days, I had the new frame underneath it with the Alcan springs, and it was instantaneous. Like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. But then the fabricator in me just said, no, you, you got to go farther and farther and farther. And so well, I, I mean, you, you have it torn down that much. It, it, there's no, really not a lot of sense of putting everything back on there when you know there's more that you're going to want to do. It's just going to take time and uh, effort, uh, and, and you don't want to uh, duplicate your efforts, basically. Right. So I just I sat down with my wife, and she's she knows it. I mean, she, uh, she understands that I'm a Jeep person, and uh, I mean, my, my first wife— she made me get all rid of all my Jeeps. So after that, I got rid of her and started buying them all again. You know, like I, my wife knows, like, you're going to hang out with me. You're going to be talking Jeeps or working on them. Mm-hmm. So I just, she just said, you know what? Stop. You've, you, you've got the finances to do it. You just don't have the time. That's okay. Just do it exactly how you want. Just doesn't matter. So I called Greg and you know, Greg, with this, and I, him and I started talking about it and going, well, maybe I can pay him to do it, and I'm cheap, so I s- decided not to, and Greg was laughing because he didn't have time for a cheap bastard like me anyhow, and I just started working on it, and then spring happened, and then hay season happened, and then, you know, and here we are now, so it's getting really, really close. Um, the tub is real close to the frame now, so that's, uh, that's, that's nice. They were very separated by maybe an acre or two. So, uh, <laughs> so do you, do you have an estimate? I mean, I know you haven't been back out there yet, but do you have an estimate? I'll when probably you think it, yeah. Right? This winter. Yeah. Yep. We've had some, uh, we've had some serious delays here recently. Um, I, I actually had some, some health issues for a while. So we kind of got behind on work and, and uh, then we had some land stuff, you know, we're, we're shuffling land around buying this, buying that or selling this or selling that. And, so all of my extra time has been kind of going with that. And then I just get wild hairs up my ass and I just decided to build a cabin. So we well, framed is, up the cabin real quick. This, the, the whole Jeep thing, working on the Jeep and driving the Jeeps and stuff is like therapy for you. So this is something yes. you're definitely going to get back to because it, yeah. it helps you uh, relax and feel more right. like uh, yourself, I guess is how I would say it. Yeah, so uh, probably... I want to say here mid December, I'll uh, I'll shut all the doors in the shop and turn the heater on, and um, get to it. We're real close to. I got some CV joint stuff to do. I think that's what it's called for the uh, drive shaft. Right. Because because uh, I've 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 sucked everything up inside the frame so much, and it's got such a lift that we've got some angle issues. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
after that, it's just cut the tub up and set it on there and start uh, doing all the body work. So, yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, I should have it all back, back together by, by well, spring. It's not I'm like you're missing it. anything. You, you have all the, the major parts. Uh, certainly don't have to do anything to the engine. That was working fine uh, prior. And uh, actually, you might get a little more torque out of that, uh, that engine to the rear, rear, rear wheels without the, the frame mm-hmm. flexing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I actually started noticing um, here this last weekend, I was, uh, I'm starting to get the Jeep itch. You know, I, I, most of my Jeeps don't have tops on them because, you know, I am from sunny California and now I live in Kansas and uh, just missing inside of a Jeep and a heater and a cab, you know, and, and going wheeling. So I've been online looking at some Jeeps out of, out of Denver, Colorado, really found a 1983 that I like, CJ7. Of course, I don't have a CJ7 anymore because I gave it away. And um, I had to tell myself this morning, like, you have a better Jeep sitting in the shop. Right. Like, don't don't spend that money. Go to Denver this weekend and buy that Jeep when you can just finish yours. Mm-hmm. And you'll be more proud of it because you're the one that built it. So, I can, I get, I'm, I'm feeling the juices starting to flow. I'm getting the vibe back to get your ass out there, get it done, go to some Jeep events. You know, I really, I'm really excited about this next year. We might be going to a different place as a show and I'm, I want to bring the scrambler. Oh you know, yeah, so, absolutely. So it's time. It's been down for almost a year now, so it's uh, it's time to put her back together. Good. Well, uh, make sure. And, and I know I don't have to tell you this, but it's kind of a nice segue to tell people about our Discord server. So make sure that when you do start working on that uh, 81, to post some pictures up in our Discord server. And if you guys are not a part of our Discord server, it's free. It's chatting type thing where uh, it's like text stuff and you can put up pictures and images and things. So it's a great spot to uh, sit and uh, watch... uh, Watch people work on their 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 Jeeps, and uh, certainly watching an '81 Scrambler come together is uh, is a lot of fun. We we saw you take it apart, and now we haven't seen anything for a while since you haven't been working on it. So uh, please uh, yeah. please include us that in, in in on that. And of course, you can go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and uh, find the uh, Discord server invite. It's free. All you have to do is come over and join us. You don't even have to uh, do anything except watch. But I suspect you're going to want to get involved in some of the conversations. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Yes, I'm entertained. Thank you very much. So, uh, you know, Chuck, I don't know. You've been really busy with things. Uh, Are you aware that I purchased that Motobuilt skid system for the Gladiator? And when I say skid system, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think it's a pair of underwear. (laughs) Yes, it's a giant piece of shrapnel that you put underneath your Jeep. Yeah, are you doing any skids on your 81 Scrambler? I handmade them. You bet. There you go. So so I'm not as uh, as handy as you are, so I just bought some. And uh, they are just absolutely gorgeous. I, I, I don't have them on the Jeep yet. I still got to paint them. Actually, I think installing them on the Jeep would be faster than all the painting crap. Because you know how when you paint something, you got to wait for it to dry. Uh, I, I don't have time for drying paint. <laughs> yeah, and, and I got to tell you, Tony, if, if you need some help, all you have to do is ask, and I'll give you a handy. <laughs> 
No. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, well, I, I, I wind up doing everything myself. I work on my my Jeep. And if it's something that I can't do, then I'll uh, I'll break down and take it someplace. But most of the time, it's just uh, it's just yeah. me. So, uh, yeah, because I'm poor. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky Amen. that I was able to, <laughs> to buy the skid system. So uh, I reached out to uh, Bender over at Mot- Motobilt, uh, Bender being part of uh, King of the Hammers and then uh, Truck Night in America, and uh, now working at uh, Motobilt as a uh, R&D and designer and uh, everything you could think of over there. He was uh, kind enough to uh, join me and have a quick conversation about the, the Motobilt skid system. All right, guys, you know I have an unnatural love for the uh, Motobilt products because I've got uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, on the uh, Jeep 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, I've got the uh, Motobilt uh, uh, bumpers front and rear and uh, recently uh, purchased the skid system during uh, Motobilt's Black Friday up to 40% off. Uh, and uh, 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 Rob Bender Park is uh, good enough to be here with us uh, to talk a little bit about the uh, the skid system, not just for the Gladiator, but all the various uh, Jeeps that they supply for. Rob, thanks a lot for being with us. Oh, I, I appreciate it. It's an honor. So, uh, Rob, now if you don't know Rob, Rob uh, is uh, he's very well known for King of the Hammers. He was one of the uh, the main people that started it. Correct me on any of this, Rob, because I'm going by uh, past interviews that we've done. Uh, and uh, oh no, no, wait a minute. Tell me, tell everybody the first place that you worked, as far as the big place that you worked that that was part of the the meltdown, financial meltdown. It was uh, Enron. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a suit and tie guy. A lot of people don't don't know that about me. It's and weird was... too. And I'm sorry, Tony. To hear hear somebody say Rob, I I usually just go by Bender. It's a nickname that was given to me. Heck, my mom even calls me Bender. So it's oh no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just weird to hear Rob. So I that was it. yeah. So it, um yeah, I was an I was a suit and tie guy. Um, had some you know Enron folded when I was uh, but 30 years old, and, and it took everything that I'd ever worked for. I'd always had a I had a fabrication shop at the time, and I'd always built race cars and. I'd always built things, so I was I was the buyer, <laughs> going back and forth and making a lot of money. But I had dirty fingernails. <laughs> no, oh, that's cool. That. I like that. I like knowing <laughs> that because we may have talked about that a long time ago in the interview. But uh, I kind of pictured you as this uh, suit and tie, uh, you know, a mover shaker in the uh, the uh, uh, commodities industry or whatever it was that you were doing there. Yep. But no, you were doing the. You still had this passion for off road and building things. So that's great, and yes. it's it's good to know. Mm-hmm. The next thing we yeah. know you from is Truck Night in America. Uh, I think uh, that was on for two seasons. Uh, that uh, I bet you that was fun, just standing around uh, looking uh, looking important. <laughs> just ruggedly <laughs> handsome, ruggedly handsome. So I was, no, it was a great. It was honestly, I think that's the most fun I've ever had. I bet you it's an interesting that, experience. Yeah, uh, people from all over the country with with different wheeling styles and different rigs and, and come there and, and compete. You know, and it was it was a little cheesy, but it was also it was true. It was real. So. Um, the boys graduated, went on to military. I'm super proud of them, uh, Air Force and the Navy. And then Dan said, hey, you ready to come back? And I said, yes, I am. And I love the South, and I love Motoville. I love Dan and Hunter. They're, they treat me like gold, and I, I'm truly the luckiest person in the world. Before I go back to Easter Jeep Safari, I wanted to get a skid system. Now, the Gladiator did just fine. I didn't have any damage and stuff, but I really like the idea of a nice, full skid system 
for the gladiator before i go back the easter jeep safari just so whenever i hear that screeching noise it's actually something that was designed to take that abuse <laughs> absolutely and that was one of the the very first things and that very first time we pulled the the original black um we call it bob into the shop was because it's such a long wheelbase it's 19 yes. inches longer roughly than than a regular jlu so you're gonna get high centered you're going to use that skid plate it's not a matter of if but when and when you do you got to use a little skinny pedal sometimes to, you know get over things because you don't want to race your jeep sky high and so the sliding on a skid plate's not a bad thing as long as the skid plate can take it so we spent a lot of time in several different variations on that skid plate and trying to make it just as bulletproof as you possibly can and then try to save some weight also i mean it, you can't just put one inch plate underneath the thing and call it a ton but uh um, we stuck with a steel skid plate there's some there's some places for an aluminum skid but in my personal opinion on a gladiator is is not not one because you are going to beat the ever-living crap out of it sure because it's so long what a beautiful skid system it's it's nice and flat it has uh what, what is it called boat sides uh on, yep. on all the stuff it uh, and none of the bolts stick out so there's yep. absolutely nothing there that's going to catch on anything on this skid system the the the, the worst that can you can happen is that you you did it up and i don't i know that anything's possible but this stuff is so solid and it, it's just gorgeous and the way it fits together i appreciate that yeah and the way it fits together is just absolutely stunning and the sad thing is and we all do this with our jeeps or, or any of our off-road vehicles we buy stuff and we like people to be able to see it and nobody's going to see this <laughs> not unless well, you're going to do I mean, an oopsie <laughs> park it on somebody's rig now i gotta you know uh, i gotta give credit where credit is due. we have an amazing team we're um for those of you who don't know motorbuilt we do everything in-house we we don't farm out anything so the flat steel comes in we have our own lasers we our own cnc brakes our own design department our own marketing department our we're 85 employees now or almost a hundred I, I would a lot we're at eighty-five thousand square feet in alabama so we're positioned extremely well for you know tight markets and um, and we're not relying on anybody else so when our i think our biggest flex that I, i'm pretty proud of and and honestly it's dan debose the the owner who's who's done this is we can we're the masters of our own destiny we don't have to rely on anybody else mm -hmm. um, where everybody else is having a month or two months and in, in back order um, most of the time we are shipping the same day so that that just speaks volumes especially in, in these times oh you know? and, and absolutely i got i was shocked i ordered this thing you know I've been wanting it for probably over a year. And then when your Black Friday hit, I went, screw it. I'm buying this damn thing. And I think I had it within three days. And it came on a pallet and a half long. Uh, and uh, the, the, I was surprised because the guy that delivered it, because it wasn't FedEx or anything like that. It was a full-size 18-wheeler that brought it by the house. Uh, he was in a great mood. <laughs> he wasn't upset with me. <laughs> but it, it like killed me just taking everything off the pallet and getting it uh, stored away. So <laughs> just so nobody would yeah. walk off with it. Uh, nudge, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, because there's nobody walking off of this thing. Uh, no, 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 not at all. Just, I mean, but beautiful work. Now, uh, before I, I, I gush more on this stuff, I'm, I haven't uh, actually installed it yet, but I was planning on uh, installing the, the belly uh, pan 
mind first. The, the biggest problem on this thing is going to be all the work I have to do, uh, scuffing it up, priming it, and painting it. And uh, I, I don't want to do with the whole thing before I install it. So, uh, and you let me know if this is a bad thing to do. I was going to go ahead and start with the belly pan and then work on the next piece, then the next piece, and then install them one, one at a time. It looks like that's perfectly acceptable. Just Absolutely. That's exactly how it goes on the, um, there's a really detailed um, install instructions on the website, um, but it'll go through that same process. You'll put the main skid, the transmission transfer case skid that goes in, it uses the factory bolt locations. Um, the nice part about the skid, you do not have to remove the skid from oh, your factory I, gas tank. I love that, and and, and you don't oh, have to remove the, you don't have to remove the transmission skid either, right? I mean, everything no, is held no. up. You're just kind of removing the factory uh, transfer case skid and that type of stuff. So everything's yeah, held up there. Tubular thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's all pretty much held in position. You bolt that thing into the factory bolts using the factory bolts, and then you can go on to the the gas tank skid, and even has an ex- a full length exhaust. It, yeah, which is pretty rare. It goes all the way to the axle. So it, you know, trying to protect that. It, you could use it as a snow sled. I mean, you've seen it. the only thing <laughs> hanging out of the bottom of the rig is a rear drive step. Yeah. Times. I'm just kind of concerned <laughs> that if I get going too fast in the Gladiator, it might act uh, as a wing and I might take off. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get that thing in here, Tony, I'm going to buy you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, now I didn't look for any of the other skid systems because all I have is a Gladiator, but you guys have this skid plate system and it's cheaper for the JL uh, four-door, the JLU, uh, and yeah. uh, significantly cheaper. So uh, this is the, the the same great skid system, but uh, fitted for the the JLU, and uh, you have it also too for the diesel. You mentioned the diesel, yep. and and more importantly, you have it for the 392 because I know that the 392 is problematic because it has low hanging stuff, and Absolutely probably a, and probably a good reason to put the full skid system on it. Yes. Now in hours, and I'm going to tote this, and I'm going to sound like the salesman. Just just people listening. So I, I do. I, I'm the prototype and R&D manager for MotoBuilt. I do some design work. Even though we have our own designers, we have our own CAD department. I come in and I build things, and then we, we tear them apart and um, either reverse engineer it or honestly improve on it. We'll do some – but it's, it's kind of nice. Dan gives me a lot, a lot of leeway. Mm-hmm. On the 392, before I get off, off topic, the 392, as you, as you noted – the, it has a really nice stainless steel exhaust system, but it hangs down a couple inches below the factory cross member. And, and I don't like to talk about other people's stuff, so I won't talk about them. I'll talk about what we did. Um, we wanted a really nice, smooth transition from the engine skid to the belly skid and still having that low hanging two inches. So there's a super smooth transition for anybody looking at a 392 skid system. Take a good look at it, and you'll see from the front bumper all the way back, just one gradual slope and then a little bit of a hump. Some of the other manufacturers out there, it looks like a piece of channel iron <laughs> stuck up underneath the exhaust. So you have a really abrupt forward edge and a really abrupt rear leading edge of that thing, so it doesn't slide very well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the design that, that we went with, and it has little wings to help protect that, that exhaust system. And then another thing, is they have a uh, the 392s have a cast aluminum pan and they have a steel pan and depending on the gear split you could have either one um, some manufacturers don't offer for the newer years the some do we made it modular so the same skid system can work with a cast pan or a steel pan so pretty proud of that also but mm-hmm. that was the newest the newest skid out there 
But let me ask you this. I didn't notice a skid system for a two-door uh, jail. Uh, is that was that done on purpose, or I mean, I mean, they need uh, they need some skid love too, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Now, let, I know we'll be honest. I mean, the we get a lot of flack for not having a, a two door cage or a two door skid system. It is in prototype now that we are working on it. Um, it's a lot tighter. You have to, you know dual tanks, and that was probably the biggest issue. The tank is kind of long and kind of awkward how it, it saddles across the cross member. But what, to be honest, it's it's all business. The two-door market isn't as, it's half of what the four-door market is. Mm-hmm. No, I figured that just one of the reasons honest. was there just wasn't a lot of two-doors out there. People yeah, see that so, bus, that four-door, uh, four-wheel drive bus, and they buy it. I, I got you. But there are some, <laughs> there are some. some uh, that wheelbase works great. And I'm a, yeah, you know, yeah. you know I, was a, I was a Toyota guy, so I, I, I like that 113, that one, you know, Toyota truck kind of wheelbase, and it works so well. So the JLU, um, it's a great platform, just like the JKU. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, we are going to the two door stuff. Uh, we need to mop up a little more, a few more things on the four door market, and then we'll, we'll change direction and start focusing on some two door stuff. Yep. Now, was there anything interesting uh, during the development of the skid plate system for either the the Gladiator or the the JL that uh, maybe maybe some uh, people that are not on the inside wouldn't know about? Um. So. It's all 316 steel. This is a, you know, it's a four-piece design. It takes about an hour to install this skid system. Um, like you, you said, it recesses all the bolts. It's just completely flush. has a really nice boatside design. It hangs down just a little bit, but you use all of your factory stuff. So you don't have to do that gas tank like we talked about. Mm-hmm. The, in the process of this, we had built the first iteration. That was actually the second, sorry. And we, we hauled all the rigs from Dothan, Alabama, all the way to Moab. And we've gone to Sand Hollow. The the video, if you go onto the Motobuilt site, there's some. Uh, we have a YouTube channel and we have a builder page, so you can see these these things that we're talking about. Dan, uh, we built an alumina bob. We call it. It's a diesel gladiator with a bunch of bells and whistles on it and fusion axles at seventy three and a half inch wheel mount to wheel mount. So super wide, super big on forty threes. And um, I forget what trail we were on. It Dan. <laughs> Dan's an East Coast guy, and he wheels hard, so it's a perfect test bed. And he he launched this diesel gladiator up this ledge, and everybody there, the 30, 40 people standing around, thought we broke the transfer case out when it hit so hard. <laughs> but it was actually the aluminum bed hitting the wall at the same time the skid plate pressed it over, so it just, just, just smashed. And uh, went up. Oh, First thing, shut it off, it's broke, and I crawl under the rig, and I'm looking to see if it's broken. I can't see anything. I go, try it again, and nothing was broken. It was literally just the sound of the skid plate and the bed smashing into the wall. With <laughs> And you, ha- you just have to see the pictures. There's little to no damage at all. It may be a sixteenth of an inch deep little scratch in one of the fenders. Um, on the, not the bed, just the, the, the fender that we make for the bed. And then the whole skid system did absolutely beautifully. We... Dan slammed that damn 7,000-plus-pound rig just repeatedly on that skid plate in an effort to see what would break. Yeah, and sure. It held up beautifully. So um, it has been thoroughly tested, and I, I think that's one of our biggest sales points. Like, I've been around in the industry for decades, and Dan also, he's, he was a big name on the East Coast side of things. So it's actually wheelers designing and building things for wheelers. Um, and again, not talking about, about other companies, but there's – there's some that haven't been around for quite as long, or maybe they they do some things that 
would look good with some neon lights and well inch subs in the back but 22 and, and inch wheels yeah 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 i mean it's uh, fine uh, if that's what you yeah. want to do that's fine i and mean if that's you know, what you want to do that's fine that's yeah, not that's, our market and yeah that's and that's what we the, like to do yeah so. and that's not me so you know this is great i love uh, whenever i speak to somebody at a company that gets it as an off-roader and it was the same thing, and I love dropping this name. When I spoke to Jim Morrison, I found that Jim Morrison is a jeeper. He is an off-roader. And it means a lot to me, and I think it means a lot to the listeners oh. out there, that you guys get it. You, you're, I mean, certainly it's a business, and you want to make money so that you can have a living and, and keep building stuff like this. But you guys get it. You're building this stuff for the enthusiast and I really appreciate uh, this this skid system because it is absolutely easy. I mean, I've watched several installation videos. It's absolutely easy to install if I can lift the damn thing. Uh, and yeah. and, it, and it, it's not going to take me, you know, uh, eight hours to do this because no, no, no. it just goes no, into I, places where there's already bolt holes. I'll tell you what, Dan's my hero. He's he's done an exceptional job with MotoBelt and the and the vision, and we. We've done extremely well, even in these trying times. Well, I am so happy that I decided to get that uh, that that first bumper for the Gladiator, and it uh, certainly has made me look at Motobuilt first and foremost for anything else that I'm, I'm putting on the Gladiator. And uh, you guys make just beautiful products, uh, very well constructed. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I've been doing some stuff for a while, uh, not much off-road, but uh, building my XJ. Whenever I wanted to buy something for the XJ, I knew where to go. But uh, And, and you, you get a brand-new rig that's, you know, 25 years newer than what you have. It's it's hard to find somebody. You're, you're going to be dumping some, some money, and it's hard to, to trust what you're going to get. So, uh, but, but after getting that front bumper and seeing how great it was, it was, it's an easy decision. Uh, I started to call you Rob and getting, uh, get chewed on again. Bender, <laughs> thank you a lot for being with us. And, uh, I hope we can talk to you uh, again soon. And, uh, I'd oh, love to get Dan on the show. I, I pestered him on Instagram and he said, send me an email. I sent him an email. I still don't have a, a, a an interview date with Dan. He's a, he's a hard guy to get a hold of. Yeah. He's, a, he's definitely uh, moving and shaking. He's, he's. You know, making moves to uh, well, maybe uh, buy a complete machine shop and, and aftermarket motor transmission. Uh, oh, gee. He just, he just so wants to build his own stuff and go out and tear it up and then have you guys fix it. <laughs> that's the passion. That's the passion you were talking about. So, I mean, there's guys that can do it for a living, and then there's guys that do it because we honestly love. If I was making, you know, if I'd made enough just to pay the rent, I would still be doing this. And so would Dan. He'd yeah. absolutely a love for it. We have a we have a great technical department. If there's any issues with any product at all, we have uh, three tech guys you call and, and you actually get a live person on the phone, not a not a hold and <laughs> we'll get, get you somebody, but it's uh, instantaneous. So if there's any questions, anything like that, our customer service will stop. Not. So super proud of that too. Well, I'm sure you guys know, but it's motobuilt.com, M-O-T-O-B-I-L-T.com. Go over and check it out, and you will see why uh, I'm all excited about it. And, and Rob, is the, the Black Friday thing still going on? Because I see... Ooh, it's going to go through the end of the month at least, so... Oh, perfect. It's, uh, it's a huge sale. This is our biggest sale of the year. Um, it's it's kind of awesome that you... We, we're talking right now because this is, again, the biggest, deepest sale of the year. It kind of makes some of our dealers a little upset. Because we sell at this time of the year, we sell direct to the to the customer at dealer pricing. So 
this is the one time a year, even if it hurts, this is the time to get it. So you won't, you won't have that opportunity for a whole nother year. And I'll mention it again. I saved $452 off the price of this skid, and that ain't chump change. I mean, it's chump change for some people, not for me. Uh, so yeah, no. that that made a difference between uh, wanting it and getting it. So now I just have to install it. Bender, thank you well, so much, and we hope to have um, you back on. Absolutely, Tony. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, sir. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And now that winter is upon us, it's that time of year I love so much. Uh, I can pack ice cream in my Jeep, and I don't even need a cooler. We're at that weird time of year where we have our two weeks of winter scheduled. And what would I do for a Klondike? Let's just say nothing is off the table. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm, man, I ain't got nothing. Uh, I'll have to get back with you on that. No, hey, Matt, tell me a joke. What's brown and sticky? What? A stick. <laughs> You're horrible. Get out of here. I'm done talking to you. All right, for our Friday interview episode this week, uh, tomorrow actually, uh, it is Nicholas from 4Link 4-Wheel Drive. That's the number 4, the word link, the number 4 again, WD. Making some great stuff over there. Uh, uh, Chuck, I know this wouldn't be something for your scrambler, but he has a really cool bolt-on truss system. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, that's a neat idea and everything. I like the bolt-on idea part of it, since I don't have a welder and don't know how to weld. Uh, but then it was it was even bigger than that. It's a four-link system. So it's a bolt-on four-link and truss. And then I got really excited on it, because now it made it a lot easier to do a lot of things without having to, uh, you know, uh, uh, really uh, measure and decide and uh, cut things off and sand them. You have to fabricate it? Yeah, you have to fabricate. It's bolt-on. And uh, that, as long as it works well, it's a great way for the the person that doesn't have all those skills that are needed to do it the, the hard way. Be interesting to see. Can't wait to hear. And in our must-have stuff for your Jeep, I love this. It's the Jeep Sport All-Terrain Stroller Wagon. Now, mind you, this is down from 250 bucks on Amazon. It's $199.94. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's Jeep, and it's something that you can get your kids started uh, into, into the Jeeping world sooner than later. I mean, uh, uh, Chuck, you actually got your kids involved with the Jeep stuff, right? I did, yeah. They both have Jeeps. Yep. So this includes a canopy, yep. parent organizer, uh, adjustable handlebar, snack tray. Oh, you had me at snack tray. Oh, you have to have snack tray. And cup holders. It is a gray, olive green. Now, they have a couple other uh, colors there as well, but I think that the gray, olive green kind of fits the whole uh, jeeping uh, idea, don't you? But it has to be. The olive drab green is... <laughs> if, if a jeep is anything other than that, then... Uh, then it's just a wrong color. I agree. <laughs> Ooh, red jeeps are sexy. Yes, yes, they are. So uh, we have our uh, the link to, uh, to uh, Amazon where you can go and look at this and uh, purchase it if you uh, feel the the mood. Now, if you buy this and it shows up and uh, your wife looks at it or your husband looks at it and you don't have any kids, break it to them so, uh, very slowly. <laughs> yeah. And for all the the younger guys and. 
mean, this has got like big old 37s on it. I mean, look at the That would be the cool thing. thing is if you could buy, you know, the, the aftermarket stuff that you could actually put big tires and a lift and all that stuff on it. That and grill and lights. Like you, you need <laughs> to put lights, some absolutely. flash lights. That oh, go uh, some rock lights. Seat. Rock lights would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always a little sad when we hit the end of the trail, but there's always another trail ride just down the road. Jeep Talk Show has four episodes a week, Tuesday through Friday. Subscribe and never miss an episode. Hey, speaking of subscribing, consider keeping the Jeep Talk Show on the air by subscribing to our show via Patreon. The place to go for all the information on how to subscribe and how to contact us is at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Uh, Tony, are you leaving me again? Am I going to be all, all alone again? You, should, you need to learn how to how to deal with the loss. <laughs> Broadcasting since 2010.